This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to the Seattle Mariners baseball podcast. I mean, stop singer. Toss on off the first in time to get seven. needed him the most two hits over seven scoreless innings now here's your host gary hill and welcome back seattle mariners baseball podcast thanks for being back again boy that was fun what a weekend that was for the seattle mariners as they sweep aside the texas rangers we have a ton to talk about in this edition of the podcast it started with the Griffey statue on Friday. It went to a beautiful pitching display by Felix Hernandez. Saturday, Jackie Robinson Day, one of my favorite days of the year. And then James Paxton, absolutely dominant. And then on Sunday, a big come-from-behind victory to sweep aside the Rangers. So we'll dive into all of that. We'll have some highlights, reaction. Also, C.J. Nikowski will be here. Aaron Goldsmith had a very interesting conversation with him. He's a former Major League pitcher, broadcaster nationally, and for the Texas Rangers. He's got a great take on James Paxton, and he saw Paxton firsthand on Saturday. So that comes up in a few minutes. Kevin Martinez will give us some details on the Ken Griffey Jr. statue that now greets us all as we walk into Safeco Field at the home plate entrance. Also, the week that was will be here, and what a week, and what a difference a few days makes in a week because the Mariners, with these three wins, the feeling is much, much different. We'll take a look at the matchup tonight as the Marlins and Ichiro come to town to square off as the Mariners have three more at home before they hit the road and a lengthy road trip. These are the last home games of the month for the Mariners, if you can believe that. So we have all that coming up, jammed full podcast. So let's get to it on Friday. And as I mentioned, it started with uh, just a great day. The crowd was fantastic, a, a large crowd. The statue was unveiled on Thursday, and everyone getting their first looks at it on Friday. It's just a fun night at the ballpark. Ken Griffey Jr. was on hand. He told a great story on the air as well. He actually caught the first pitch. What he did was he picked the 24th kid coming through the gate to throw out the first pitch to him, which I think was just outstanding. So Ken Griffey Jr. was on hand, great crowd, and Felix Hernandez was sensational. Here's the lineup and the 3-2 pitch. Strike three called with a breaking ball on the inside corner at the knees. Felix got him. 
Strikeout number two for the King, a 3-2 curveball, and that's it for Gallo and the Rangers here in the top of the fifth inning. What a pitch from Felix. He had a lot of great pitches in that one. As Felix Hernandez, outstanding effort, seven and a third, six hits, one run, no walks, and we'll get to that in a second, and three punch outs along the way. It was a close one. Nelson Cruz, the big blast coming through with his first jack of the year. Three and two on Cruz. Here's the pinch, swinging a fly ball deep to center field. Gomez back looking up, and there it is. Nelson Cruz with his first home run of the season. Goodbye, baseball. Straight away center field to the right of the 401 marker. There's the one for Nelly, and it gives the Mariners a 1-0 lead here in the bottom of the fourth inning. Hanniger would drive in the other run. Mariners win 2-1 to one behind Felix Hernandez. Edwin Diaz was throwing a 100 miles per hour in the ninth inning to close it down. Just dominant as the Mariners got off on the right foot on Friday with the win. Scott Service after the game talking about Felix Hernandez, who has not walked a hitter on the season. I like the new look Felix. Uh, I'll take the, the seven and the third and keeping him right there and very efficient with his pitches. And You know, he got a few strikeouts tonight, but it wasn't like that's not what was driving him. It was to get us back in the dugout and, and keep them off the board. So uh, um, outstanding effort. He's really been locked in and uh, he got a little chip on his shoulder. We knew it was going to happen, and so far the results have been great for him. Results great for him and the Mariners, so that's set up Saturday. James Paxton on the hill on Saturday, and this is just uh, one pitcher handing the baton off to another because Paxton was unbelievable against Texas. Paxton ready, looking for his first strikeout, the windup and the 2-2 pitch. Swing and a miss and a high fastball at 97. He's got strikeout number one. Went with the high heat, strikes out Mike Napoli. And there's one away for the Rangers here in the top half of the second. Pitch number nine from Paxton on the way. Strike three called. He gets him at 97. Paxton a pump of the glove as DeShields is caught looking. And with that, Paxton strikes out the side in order. What a top of the third for James Paxton. The set. And the one-two to Gallo. Swing and a miss and a breaking ball in the dirt for strike three. Down goes Gallo. Nine strikeouts for the lefty from Ladner, James Paxton. And he strikes out the side here in the top of the eighth inning. Yes, indeed, Paxton with a standing ovation as he walks to the Mariners' first base dugout. And that's it for the Rangers in the eighth. What a night for Paxton. He was incredible. Eight innings of two-hit ball, no runs, one walk, and nine punch-outs. Five and a third, no-hit ball before giving up a double to Gallo. And then just a parachute base hit uh, later on in the ball game. Just two hits, and he let, let off with a walk to Gomez and then retired 21 of the next 22 hitters. Dominant. Just sawing through. The Rangers order. This was a close game as well. This was a nothing-nothing ball game until the sixth, and that's when the Mariners came through. First, Kyle Seager. Kashner, big deep breath, and the right-handers 3-2, swing, line drive, right field, base hit. Hanniger down the line, he scores. Cano being waved in, Mazzara's throw, coming home. It's up the line, Cano scores standing, and Kyle Seager claps his hands at first base. He's given the Mariners a 2 to nothing lead in the bottom of the sixth inning. Then they'd get one more big blast to make it 5-0. The 0-1. 
Swing, club, high, deep. You can't forget about this. God! Edgar's Cantina, baby. That is crushed. Three-run shot, Taylor Motter. And the Mariners blow it wide open in the bottom of the sixth. It's now five to nothing. Taylor Motter playing some great baseball for the M's. And here's what Scott Service said about Motter. Yeah, sunshine. He's been okay out there. <laughs> you know, Taylor has a lot of energy, and, and we've needed it. And uh, he's gotten some big hits. Obviously, the, the power he's hitting with and really driving the ball, uh, it's been great. Um, you know, he jumped on a uh, breaking ball, looked like a breaking ball up in the zone. A big hit tonight. But uh, like how he plays, he's very loose. Um, he's energetic, and the energy is certainly welcome. And James Paxson, after the game, here's what he said. On his dominant effort. Yeah, yeah, it worked out really well. You know, Z did a great job. We had a good plan going in and uh, just executed. Were you changing speeds a little bit more with your fastball tonight than in other outings? Uh, not on purpose. Um, there were some two-seamers mixed in there, so that might have been uh, the difference in speed were the two-seamers and the four-seamers. James, why are you better this year? Just going out there and giving everything I got. You did that in the past. I mean... Just found a better way to do it, I guess. And what is that better way? Can you articulate it? I mean, I'm just just making good pitches. You know, the fastball's got some good uh, some good run on it. It's jumping at the at the plate, some life, and uh, stuff's feeling really good right now. And like I said, Z's doing a fantastic job back there calling the game, and the guys are playing D behind me. And here's what Mike Zanino, speaking of Mike Zanino, says about James Baxton. Down here with Mariners catcher Mike Zanino, who is behind the plate for this one. I mean, how do you describe James Paxton tonight? Uh, he threw the ball really well. Uh, that's the only way to put it. Um, it it's hard to say. Uh, he, he was shaky a little bit early for his standards, but I thought he settled in great. Uh, his fastball command was awesome today. He was able to get his breaking ball over. Uh, I mean, it's a lot of fun to be behind the plate when that's happening. Yeah, I bet it's more fun being behind the plate than trying to hit him at this point. Yeah, I hope I play with him for a long time because I don't want to face him. Three scoreless outings to start the season. What has been the difference for Paxton? I, I think he's just getting more consistent. You know, he's trusting his stuff, and I think the biggest thing for him is is his preparation. I mean, he's very prepared. He knows what these guys want to do against them, and does a good job of just working on his mechanics and attacking guys. After the off day, you take the ball game last night. You take the one. You've already taken this series. How important are these two victories for you guys? I mean, these are big for us. I mean, obviously, we weren't playing our caliber of baseball. And uh, to be able to have that off day almost push the reset button, you know, I mean, give everybody a mental break and uh, just come out attacking again on the offense and defensive side of the ball. Well, a chance to get the sweep tomorrow. Congratulations. Thank you. Appreciate it. There it is, Mike Zanino. And it's been history for Paxton, 21 scoreless innings to start. That is a Mariners record, passing Mark Lowe, who did it out of the bullpen, uh, 17 and a third, and also Felix Hernandez, who did it at a starter as a starter, 17 innings. So Paxton has surpassed that with three scoreless outings to start. He's the ERA leader in baseball. I mean, no shock there with a 0.00. The numbers are ridiculous. 21 innings, 8 hits, no runs, 4 walks, and 22 punch-outs along the way. Just filthy right now. Pitching so well. So that set up the matchup yesterday against the Rangers as the Mariners were looking to sweep aside Texas. And the Mariners would get into a hole. Iwakuma, who had been so good to start the year, 
just didn't have it against Texas yesterday. Three innings, seven hits, six runs all earned. Mariners actually had a one nothing lead at one point, but they trailed 6-1 to one going into the bottom of the third inning. But then Mitch Hanniger, who just had an unbelievable game, get the Mariners right back into it. The pitch, swinging a high fly ball, left center field. Does this get out? And it does! Three-run home run, Mitch Hanniger's fourth home run this year. All this guy does is hit dingers so far. The Mariners chipping into things. It's 6-4 to four, Texas. Yeah, what a ball game he had. The home run drives in four, walks twice, and also did this. The stretch and the 0-1 pitch. Swing and a fly ball into right center field and deep. Hanniger going back to the one-e track near the wall. Hanniger leaps up, and he makes the catch up against the wall. Holy smokes the throw back to first base, and back in time goes to Shields. Mitch Hanniger into the gap in right center field, right in front of the 380 marker, timing that leap, and I believe he just took a home run away from Joey Gallo. What a catch, what a play by Mitch Hanniger going over the wall. Just an incredible catch, an amazing play, and he wasn't done. He would be one of the heroes in this game late in the ball game. Edwin Diaz was on in the ninth inning to try and keep the game tied. He would give up a solo home run. So Texas takes a 7-6 to six lead into the bottom of the ninth, and Dyson comes on to try and close it down. He has struggled for Texas this year as the Mariners got off on the right foot. Dyson hitting for Ruiz, coming off the bench. He would reach on an infield single. Then he would swipe second base, a money bag. So the tying run in scoring position at second base. Martin would reach on a bunt single. Dyson goes to third, so runners on the corner. Freeman comes in to pinch hit for Radia, who, by the way, scored three times in the ballgame. Martin swipes second, so the speed element at play Freeman gets intentionally walked, so speed all over the bases. Hanniger comes up again, draws a bases-loaded walk with the crowd going nuts to tie the game. Cano would ground into a fielder's choice, and then Nelson Cruz with a single up the middle, knocked down by Andrus, but that's all he could do, and that was the ball game. A walk-off win for the Mariners, 8-7 to final. They beat the Texas Rangers they sweep aside the Texas Rangers in thrilling fashion. Here's what the skipper said after this one. Great comeback. Obviously, a guy showed a lot of character today, you know, being down in our bullpen. really uh, kept us in there. They gave us a chance, and, and Mitch Haniger had quite a game as well. So uh, a lot that went into today's win. But big one for us. Um, obviously, we know what Texas has done in our division the last two years, and um, starting to get some momentum going our way. Um, you know, and you, Wins like that, hopefully, you know, it leads into some bigger things here coming up uh, in the next series against Miami. Is, is that more than, I mean, it doesn't count any more than an 8 blowout or anything like that, but is that more significant winning series? It is. I, I think, you know, with how we came back today, you know, we're, we're down 6-1 against uh, Cole Hamels, and, uh, you know, we just kept grinding at bats, and the pitch count was starting to go up. Hanniger gets a big home run, gets right back in the game at 6-4, and then it's like, you know, anybody's ball game after that. Um, but again, it, I, I really tip my hat to uh, bullpen guys. Uh, did a great job. You know, Marshall got it going. Pazos did a pretty good job. Uh, you know, we were kind of teetering uh, with Altavilla and 
Uh, you know, we, we hung in there and you know, guys really responded. Got the take by Hanegra on the three two count, three one count there. How, how difficult is that for a young hitter to not want to give in there? And just it's very difficult. I think you know we've talked a lot about you know our ability to control the strike zone, and within that, you have to trust the guy behind you, and that's exactly what we're talking about. If you don't get your pitch, you trust the guy behind you, and you keep working the pitcher and grinding, and you know that's what he did, and uh, it says a lot for the maturity of the type of player uh, that he is right now, and you know, he's got a chance to get even better. So. Exciting day for him, and an unbelievable catch, I will say. <laughs> a catch over the fence that, that Mitch had was, was pretty awesome. Is he surprising you, Scott? Well, anytime a player gets, you know, uh, without a ton of major league experience and he's doing what he's doing, yeah, I, I say if I would wrote the script this way, I probably wouldn't have. But, I, you know, we've liked everything we saw out of Mitch since we got him first day of spring training, how he's gone about his business. Um, obviously, he's been very productive for us, but... You know, he does his homework. He's as prepared as anybody we have, and he's got a lot of confidence. So a huge weekend at field, the sweep complete over the Texas Rangers. Now the homestand continues. Three more starting tonight against the Marlins. Miranda on the mound, 0-1, a 5-0, 6-0A, taking on Tom Kohler, 0-0 with a 3.27. Gallardo will take the ball on Tuesday, 7-10, first pitch, Against Wei In Chen, the former Baltimore pitcher, one and one with a 7.00 ERA to start, and then April 19th, Wednesday, day baseball, 12:40 first pitch, the King Felix Hernandez, Kings Court in session, Edison Volquez on the mound for Miami, Ichiro returning to Safeco Field in a Miami uniform, which should be fun as well, and uh, Mariners now as you just heard. The skipper said they got the momentum right now. Three in a row, sweeping aside the Texas Rangers. This should be a fun series against the Marlins coming up. Now, a couple of things we touched on. James Paxson, who we'll be talking about a lot for good reason as the podcast continue this week. Very good insights from C.J. Nikowski, former Major League pitcher, now a broadcaster for the Rangers and a broadcaster nationally. Here's Aaron Goldsmith. With Nikowski. CJ, absolutely incredible start for James Paxson this year. You get a chance to watch it from the visiting TV booth here inside Safeco Field. What did you make of what you saw from the big left-hander in last night's game? Well, first of all, it's extremely frustrating for those Rangers hitters, especially after what we saw on Friday night from Felix Hernandez. But you're looking at a guy, and I think they believed that in Seattle for a long time, that he could be an ace. And I think he really showed that yesterday. There is no reason that he could not be a top-of-the-rotation guy. Obviously, with Felix here, it's a different story. But it really, on most teams, when you're 95 to 98 at times, and I know he's been up over 100 miles an hour, uh, and you're doing it in top of the zone, it's one thing to throw hard. It's another thing to know how to use it and to use it right. And he does a really good job of that. So he elevated his fastball when he had to and then went with the really good breaking ball. I mean, that, that curveball is nasty. It's a deadly combination. And it kind of reminds me, even though he's left-handed, it's that combination that Kerry Wood had where it's a really good hard fastball, really good spin on it as well. You can elevate it, you can get missed bats, and you can throw the curveball out of that same exact slot, and guys can't pick up on it. It's just really tough to do, and you try to eliminate one. You try to eliminate the curveball maybe, look for the fastball. But every time he got ahead, uh, I shouldn't say every time, but most of the times when he got ahead, he, he was trying to finish hitters by elevating the fastball, not just getting it up, but also going up under the hands. It was fun to watch. I mean, I don't want to see the Rangers <laughs> lose, obviously, but as a former left-handed pitcher, to watch a guy dominate with dominant, dominant stuff, to see him healthy, I know people have been waiting for that part of it as well. The idea of him making 32 to 34 starts is, is pretty exciting as far as what kind of numbers he could potentially put up, but that was ace stuff that we saw. 
Why is it so hard for pitchers, regardless of a young pitcher or a veteran pitcher, to pitch inside? We don't see it very often, but Paxton has done that beautifully over his first three starts. I think we're seeing there's a little bit of a trend, first of all, that people are getting to the big leagues, both position players and pitchers, earlier than ever. Right, That's, that's one thing. And I've heard a lot of hitters tell me I, they don't like guys. If they can't pitch inside, they shouldn't be here. But they're here. And so there are a lot of hitters that, or pitchers, excuse me, that for whatever reason get really uncomfortable. Now, it could be that you have a smaller margin for error, right? You miss too far in, you're going to hit a guy, you miss over the plate, and all of a sudden you're asking for trouble. Where if you're throwing away, you miss at least one way, you're not going to get in trouble. You'll mm-hmm. always miss, of course, and get yourself in trouble going over the plate. So that's part of it. There is also, and I remember going through this earlier in my career, where you feel like you're trying to place the ball inside and kind of aim it there a little bit, as opposed to just throwing with the same aggressiveness that you would to your glove side, right? And say as a lefty trying to go in on a righty sometimes you're trying to place it in there it doesn't have the same life on it so I think there's a little bit uh, of the comfort level uh, there not worrying about hitting guys you're not going to hit guys on purpose but you are going to hit hitters and you just got to kind of live with it and deal with it and don't get upset about it I think that part of the game is still something that is always going to be there that little bit of intimidation factor we saw it the other day with Miguel Cabrera you throw him in and he gets all worked up about it you can't let that stuff bother you Carlos Delgado would do that to me Albert Bell will do that you throw one up and in they look at it like they want to come out and kill you and both of those guys <laughs> could have come out and kill me and it was a little bit scary but you got to get over it because you'll see the effectiveness and especially nowadays right we're seeing so many pull hitters, so many guys that are comfortable going out over the plate. If you can't pitch inside effectively with the way these guys are swinging the bat for power, it's going to be very tough to be successful. So it's a matter of finding a way, I think, getting over that mental hump of saying, yes, I can go in with the same aggressiveness and I can do it comfortably. We've actually run into that problem here a little bit with Sam Dyson. He's got off to a really tough start, and I watch him, and I see him shaking away from inside pretty decent amount and you think about him as a right-handed power pitcher with a really good sinker that ball barreling in on the hands of right-handed hitters is what has made him successful but he seems to have gotten maybe a little timid or uncomfortable doing it and it's been part of his problem cj your insights are always so valuable it's great to have you here in seattle thanks for the time yeah i love being here can't wait to come back and we're going to give it back to aaron who sat down with kevin martinez the homestand started with the statue and some Good insight on how when you left the ballpark, there was no statue, and when you got there the next day, there was a huge, giant statue. So here's Aaron with Kevin Martinez. Kevin, everybody knows by now there is a very beautiful new addition to Safeco Field, the corner of Edgar and Dave, the brand-new Ken Griffey Jr. statue. You are a big part of this. First of all, can you tell us the specs, the height, and everything else? <laughs> the, uh, the granite base is four feet tall. And then the statue itself is uh, seven feet tall, so slightly larger than life. Um, and it's, uh, you know, so the whole thing is uh, an 11-foot presentation. And uh, it was really important to the organization for it to sit right outside the front door of Safeco Field at the corner of Edgar and Dave. And this is the same artist who made the statue of Dave Niehaus here along the concourse towards right field. And this is a guy who's done a lot of these statues, correct? Yeah. You know, when when Dave passed away and the organization decided it wanted to honor him with a statue, uh, and they asked me to kind of head up the search, I, I've never worked on a project like that before. Had no previous uh, statue-making uh, <laughs> experience. So what we really did is we canvassed all the other 29 ball clubs they were great enough to give us um, all the, the information and, on the statues that they did and the artists. And uh, we came across Lou Sella's work. And Lou is based out of Chicago, and he's done a number of statues for the Chicago Cubs, including Ernie Banks. He did the Frank Thomas statue in Chicago for the White Sox, the Carlton Fisk statue, and, and a number of others. And his studio has done um, 
many throughout the world of sports. And we really were impressed with Lou's work and his ability to capture the likeness of his subjects. And we worked with him on the Dave statue, and everybody was uh, very, very pleased. And when uh, Kevin Mather last summer announced that the organization was going to honor Ken with the statue, we went right to Lou, and, uh, and uh, it, it just worked out perfectly. So that's a long trip for a big statue to make here to get to the Pacific Northwest and to Seattle. Can you tell us what the actual installation was like once the statue got here? Because we went to bed one night, there was no statue. We wake up the next morning, and a statue is in place. Yeah, well, following our game on uh, Wednesday night, we waited for the crowd to, to dissipate in the area outside the ballpark to get cleaned. And around 11.45 at night, we moved the two crates, one containing the granite base and the other containing... Uh, the bronze statue of Ken. We moved it out of the warehouse, which is tucked uh, underneath the stands in left field. We drove it out onto First Avenue and uh, up towards home plate. And just as soon as they uncrated everything and started to work, the the skies opened up and like a scene out of the Shawshank Redemption, uh, it just started pouring rain. And uh, our, uh, our our crew that was working on it, the the, the guys did a terrific job in, in uh, windy, rainy conditions. But it was uh, it was it felt a little stealth in the middle of the night. We finished around four fifteen in the morning. We had it draped and uh, ready to go. And uh, yeah, it was uh, is a, a night I'll never forget. That's for sure. What was your first reaction when you saw the statue? Yeah, um, so we went in November to see the clay mold, okay. and you know made some tweaks and. Uh, it was uh, the, the pose for everybody was a no-brainer, um, and Lou really wanted to capture Ken's uh, power and make it very, very heroic. And you know, again, it's larger than life, so everything is a little bit more um, Superman-like, I guess, if you will. And uh, he really wanted to capture capture that power of his swing, and I and I think he did that. Um, the details that. Lou was able to incorporate uh, and, and how accurate the patch from the 20th anniversary the statue is from Ken's um, MVP year of 1997 it also has we also wore the Jackie Robinson anniversary patch that season which Ken's relationship with Jackie is also oh special to include that detail meant a lot um, the batting gloves and the shoes in uh, the Louisville slugger with the the cross grip tape that uh, Ken always put on just the, all those details I think um, and that's always in Lou's work he never misses that and uh, I think that makes makes the viewing of the statue a little bit more interesting when you're when you're standing out there on uh, the corner of Edgar and Dave well mission accomplished it's a beautiful piece fine work on your part and everybody else who had their fingerprints all over this we appreciate it and, and thank you for the time Kevin you, you bet thanks for having me and finally we will end things with the week that was. This is the week that was. A look back on highlights and events of the Mariners past week. On Mariners Magazine. Pitcher Reddick, he swings and flips it towards left center field. Martin on his horse, racing back in front of the warning track, coasting over, and he makes the catch. Martin galloping towards left center, hauls it in, and Paxton strands two. James Paxton on 
opening day from Safeco Field 2017 exits to a standing ovation. Seven scoreless against the Astros. Freeman will lead it first. Here's the pitch. Swung on line drive. Left field line. Fair ball. Hits the seats that jut out. Rounding second. Heading for third is Freeman. Up with the ball finally is Gonzalez who bobbles the ball. Now recovers and at second Taylor Motter with his third hit and his third double of the night. The 1-0. Swing, muscled, left field, distance, and this is gone up to Edgar's porch. Taylor Motter having himself a couple of games. Yeah, sunshine. He's been okay out there. <laughs> you know, Taylor has a lot of energy, and, and we've needed it, and uh, he's gotten some big hits. Obviously, the, the power he's hitting with and really driving the ball, uh, it's been great. Um, you know, he jumped on a, a breaking ball, looked like a breaking ball up in the zone. A big hit tonight, but... Uh, like how he plays, he's very loose, um, he's energetic, and the energy is certainly welcome. We are thrilled to unveil this beautiful new statue today. Since this ballpark opened in 1999, we have been waiting to complete the look at our front door. The finishing touch, so to speak. Today we finally have the perfect piece that will welcome fans for generations to come. Here comes the 3-0 pitch to Junior. He swings and a high fly ball belted. Green to the track. The wall. Number 56. Fly, fly away. 3-0 Junior just through sheer brute force. Drove one over the National League side of the scoreboard. And Ken Griffey Jr. has... Here's 56. 3-2 on Cruz. Here's the pitch. Swinging a fly ball deep to center field. Gomez back looking up, and there it is. Nelson Cruz with his first home run of the season. Goodbye, baseball. Here's the lineup and the 3-2 pitch. Strike three called with a breaking ball on the inside corner at the knees. Felix got him. Strikeout number two for the King. A 3-2 curveball. And that's it for Gallo and the Rangers here in the top of the fifth inning. What a pitch from Felix. I like the new look Felix. Uh, I'll take the, the seven and the third and keeping him right there and very efficient with his pitches. And, you know, he got a few strikeouts tonight, but it wasn't like that's not what was driving him. It was to get us back in the dugout and, and keep them off the board. So uh, um, outstanding effort. He's really been locked in. And uh, he got a little chip on his shoulder. We knew it was going to happen, and so far the results have been great for him. Paxton ready, looking for his first strikeout. The windup and the 2-2 pitch. Swing and a miss and a high fastball at 97. He's got strikeout number one. Pitch number nine from Paxton on the way. Strike three called. He gets him at 97. Paxton a pump of the glove. As DeShields is caught looking, and with that, Paxton strikes out the side in order. What a top of the third for James Paxton. Uh, his fastball command was awesome today. He was able to get his breaking ball over. Uh, I mean, it's a lot of fun to be behind the plate when that's happening. I think he's just getting more consistent. You know, he's trusting his stuff, and I think the biggest thing for him is, is his preparation. I mean, he's very prepared. He knows what these guys want to do against him. and does a good job of just working on his mechanics and attacking guys. The set. And the one-two to Gallo. Swing and a miss and a breaking ball in the dirt for strike three. Down goes Gallo. Nine strikeouts for the lefty from Ladner, James Paxton. And he strikes off the side here in the top of the eighth inning. Yes, indeed, Paxton with a standing ovation as he walks to the Mariners' first base dugout. And that's it for the Rangers in the eighth. What a night for Paxton.
Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.